Welcome to the come up, top of your game. My name is Mike, I'm here with Carmen. We both have about three decades of experience in the financial industry. And the come up, top of your game is a program geared towards small business owners with the aim of providing advice, resources, and best practices. These are lessons learned so you can make money and thrive in business. And every now and then we kind of switch it up and do some lifestyle. And that's what today's program is. And our guest is producer, writer, director, Larry Simmons. Carr, this is great um, to bring uh, Mr. Simmons on with us. Good morning, Mr. Simmons. Hey, how are you? Good morning, Larry. Larry's been with us um, last year. Larry was one of our um, probably about second guests we had on the show. And is this a special distinction? Is Larry Simmons the first repeat? No, yes. we had another repeat okay, before, but, he, but he's Larry, in that, he's in Larry that select special, group. Yes. That means we really, really, really like you. Right, I like you guys too. <laughs> yeah, so Larry had, you know, Larry had a story to tell and Cornell was so, he just wanted to hear his story. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was just so much that was going on at, you know, last year with 2020 COVID yeah. and we were all locked down. So we... You know, we were glad to hear Larry's point of view on the movie production. We, I, I didn't know much about it, and him and Cornell talked about it. So we're bringing you back on, Larry, for us to catch up and tell us what's been going on out there. Right, right, great. Well, I guess first, um, we've had a couple big movies, not me personally, but a couple big movies have come out just recently, Respect, and then you had Candyman. I believe Candyman grossed about uh, north of $20 million. Well, well at, at the same time, I think Respect is, I think this is like its third week out, Candyman's opening week, and Respect may have only grossed $20 million or, or maybe 30 Well, I know um, Candyman has some of my dollars because I've seen it already, uh, me and my family. We oh. went to see Candyman already. Right, and right. It, it was it was done very well, stylish. Um, I, I like the the look and feel of it. You know, they they invested uh, quite a bit into that the production. So, did you feel like you were in the movie, like you were? Oh, uh, it, it 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 had it. You know, they did not spare any expense. I mean, they they invested in the production, the mood, the color, the sounds, and and Larry probably knows more about all that. But it was a good looking. You know what I mean. It was a very good-looking movie. Yeah, right, Larry, right. Yeah, Larry can um, speak on that. You had something about American Liar that was on H HBO. I mean, to me, that Amazon. Was, yeah, Amazon. Amazon. Okay, because yeah. I watched, I think, I, yeah, I did watch it. I'm sorry, Amazon Prime. But, right. yeah, I watched that movie twice. I, it took me two times before I could figure out. Because the first time I was I was like, oh, my God, this is like a scary movie. And I'm like, so I had to, like, get my mental mind together to watch it a second time before I could. Well, obviously, you, um, you know Larry, uh, and I just met him. But um, so I need to backtrack a little bit, uh, Larry, and find out, um, you know, how did you get started? in films uh you know how did you how did this start well this goes way 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 back <laughs> way back but what i would well what i will add is i guess 
for in order for something to work, you have to fall in love with it, right? Yeah. So no matter what what your thing is, is going to start with an, an, a, a tidbit or a vision or a dream or a thought or in, in the entrepreneur world, a lot of times, you know, you have a problem that you see that you want to solve. And I've told, excuse me, I've, to, I've told a lot of young people coming up that being an uh, entrepreneur is just a problem solver, believe it or not. When you look at a guy walks in a room uh, over a hundred years ago and says, you know, I'm tired of candles. I walk in, when I walk in a room, I want to be able to hit a switch and the light goes on and people thought he was crazy, but they don't now. When, when we had horses, you know, uh, running around and horses have to go to the bathroom too. (laughs) (laughs) And that was one of the major problems is that there was that and, the smell and, you know, somebody said, you know what, we have these bikes. What if we put a motor on a bike and people took to that and, you know, eventually it segued uh, all the way to the automobile. So when you when you see a problem, you know, entrepreneurship kind of grows and emerges from that. And my beginnings were, were you know, there were and I started in music. So, it can, you know, I, I guess I'm not going to go all the way back go back that far but I started in music and there was a lot of independent artists that kind of segued from music video director to movie director and I wanted to originally be like you know um, part of that segue for different individuals but I fell in love with being behind the camera myself and so I started was already writing because I was writing songs and stuff as far as my music. And so I started writing screenplays and then it kind of grew from there. And the thing about artistry is um, when you're an artist and you're out there, you're really about the work. You you don't really look at, uh, okay, how far is this going to go? Or what's the biggest audience that I could possibly have? And it's kind of hard to explain because artists, um, it, it, there's a long blanket of, you know, different categories that you have art. I mean, you have poets, you have comedians, you have actors, you have painters, you know, you have various, um, uh, various individuals that are artists. And for the most part, their art is the success, you know. So most of us would say, when you say, well, where did this start? Or how do you start? Most of us felt feel that we were born with, you know, the thing that we do, no matter what that thing is. And it kind of just goes from there and you keep doing it. And one day your hair is black, right? And the next time you look up, your hair is gray, you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so true. Happened to me. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I got gray now. Yeah. <laughs> And, and so, and just to put it in perspective, uh, so the audience understand what Carmen was talking about, there was a movie um, that I did, and it was originally called Locked in a Room. And what happened is the the original distributor, um, and and again, this is kind of the re- you know, I guess we'll get into this in a little bit, mm-hmm. but kind of the reason that I mentioned to Carmen and Nell that I didn't want to do, um. 
the and I don't, don't want to say small. I don't want to say low budget. But the more the the some of the movies that don't have the resources that the bigger movies have, it can be really hard on the. I mean, the production is what it is. People are doing it out of love, and you can mm-hmm. pay them. You know, you can't really pay them most of the time what you know what their worth is. That's what hurts the filmmakers and the producers. But you don't want to keep asking for favors again and again and again. So in other words, if if I had both of you guys work with me on a movie in 2015 and I go, man, can you can you guys do it for this? And I know it's low pay, but I'll feed you pizza and stuff like that. <laughs> you know, maybe again the next year, but you don't want to ask them six, seven years later to come work and mm-hmm. we'll get you pizza and stuff like that. At some point, um, you want to take the next step or right. emerge to something bigger. And like I said, the Locked in a Room was distributed. Um, originally, the distributor was Echo Bridge. And they, instead of taking the movie and putting the movie out on its own, what they did was put the movie, and at the time, excuse me, Walmart, Best Buy, Hell Sears, and anywhere that you could go buy horror movies uh, from a retailer, they would have eight horror movies or eight action movies or eight, and and we've all seen that like in Walmart and different stores. Mm-hmm. So they put took the movie and just stuck it with like seven other horror movies. One was a movie that Vivica Fox was in. I think it was, was it Teaching Miss Tingle, somebody. I, I think I know it was Teaching Miss Tingle. Um, I can't think of who, um, who who all was in that, but it didn't really get its individualism. I I could say as far as you know, if you didn't want to watch any of the movies on, on that double disc DVD, but you know one particular movie, then you didn't even see the other movies. So right, uh, we eventually. Um, talked to a couple of other distributors and we had a different distributor, uh, Green Apple. Um, they says, well, man, they should have put this movie out on its own so people can see it and blah, blah, blah. So they wanted to do a deal um, so the movie could come out on its own, on its own merit and have a bigger audience, you know, the audience they felt it deserved. So we, we signed a deal with them. And then they, the only thing is because the movie was not new, they wanted to reintroduce it under their own brand, so they changed the name to American Liar, American L I A R, which actually is locked in a room. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, okay. we did a deal with them this year. Uh, in this this year, back in I want to say maybe April, late March or early April, they released the film, and it was on Amazon Prime for free. Okay. And then, now it's on Amazon Prime as a rental or something. I don't know how that, because I'm not, um, you know, it's that part of the business. I'm not involved in that part. But that was your that was your creation, your movie. Yeah, yeah. I produced it. I wrote it. I directed it. Along, uh, obviously, uh, there was a couple other producers. How many uh, films have you completed now? Like um, locked in a room. Yeah, that I would call. Locked in a Room, which is now called American Liar, mm-hmm. my first commercial film, meaning it had um, theatrical distribution. It was in a the theater. It was only one screen. 
<clears throat> which we could talk about that later, but it was in the theater and then it got obviously picked up on Amazon Prime. Um, they are after, um, they are in talks to have it possibly on a network um, at some point. Um, and I, I thought it, they told me it was maybe around Halloween. I, I don't really recall, but I've done four other films. But the thing about the cinema, independent cinema world is once you, and now things are, you know, things are different. You can actually upload a film to YouTube and some of these platforms right? You know, yourself, as long as you, you know, uh, the, the quality control is there and stuff like that. But um, this is my first commercial film. The other four never really got distribution. And um, at the end of the day, the the realm and the scape of business and the film industry changes, man. It changes rapidly. Did you have you a know? mentor as you were um, when you were starting out, uh, you know, the first few years? Or how did you, you know, how did you learn about the, the details? Well, I originally... <clears throat> Originally, and, and I, I guess it's hard to really say because when I was 12 or 13 years old, I had an hour gang movie camera, an old hour gang movie camera. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it was called. And you could buy um, you could buy the cartridges for it or the film. Uh, like It was like a little eight millimeter camera. Mm-hmm. I think you could buy them at like Montgomery Wards or something like that. So I was shooting like eight minute or there was two minute or four minute or eight minute little pieces I was shooting. And I was doing that at 12. Yeah, okay. So they had a, yeah, they had a projector. You had a screen. And, and, and again, <clears throat> excuse me, maybe I'm dating myself, but anything you wanted to do back in the day, your parents could go to a store and set you up. Okay. It was pretty simple. I mean, remember that you guys may not remember they had little chemistry kits. Yeah. And you could literally hurt yourself with <laughs> if you mix the wrong stuff up. Yeah. Right. I you remember know. going to get little rocket kits to fire yeah. off rockets. Yeah, uh, all of that. that. Yeah. All of that yeah. stuff. So I had a a of eight millimeter camera. I had a screen. Um, I had a projector and I had a little I had a few little things that I could edit. You know, I could edit and clip. I'm talking the old way where you took the footage and you clipped out what you didn't want. Then you spliced it back. I've done all of that. And I was doing that at 12. So, yeah. And it didn't really, I mean, so the audience understands it didn't really take, it's not really, it's not anything that anyone can't do. It's not, it's, it's no harder than learning to drive a car. Really. The, the, the part that could be difficult is the creativity. So I'll say that again. The part that's difficult is the creativity and hoping that the audience, you know, understands and roots for who your protagonist is in the story. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where the, the you know, and, and telling a good story is not something that, and that was a good question, something that can be taught. I mean, you can kind of learn how to, even teaching. There's some parents that tell, will tell you, well, my son had a great run in from kindergarten to 12th grade, but he had this terrible teacher when he was six or in the ninth grade or whatever in this English class or whatever. Because as much as you can learn to become a teacher, there's some teachers that just got it, you know. 
And there's some things that just can't be taught. Like you cannot be taught how to be LeBron James. There's no way. <laughs> you, you, can't, right. you can't be taught how to be Will Smith. Right. Some things you, you got to have on your own. Um, I, I do have one more question before I allow Carmen to act, to talk to you and ask you a question here. Um, how has your association with Greenlight affected you and your work? Um, I, I know that uh, first, and congratulations to you, you were selected in 2004 as a top 250 director. The organization is led by, uh, led by Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. But yeah, how, has, how, yeah how, how did that affect your work over the years since then? Well, well, that, I guess the first thing is the work affected that. Right. So mm -hmm. the thing is about anything is you are who you are and you kind of bring what you bring. So you could you could light up a room, light up the world, or you can be a part of it and not do anything. What I brought to the table, <clears throat> excuse me, was selected um it went past some other rounds before that, and then I became a top 250 director in Matt Damon and Ben Affleck's um, Project Greenlight. And since then, I've I've been par a part of uh, last year. I had a, a, a screenplay, the one that um, Nell almost um, took and got financed. Mm, and and okay. Carmen knows what it is, but I can't really talk about it now, I guess. But right. um, last year, um, I can talk about it without specifics, but I can't right. talk about it. But last year, I, I got involved with Final Draft, who uh, a lot of the um, a lot of the people who re, uh, write screenplays and TV pilots, and they they go to they they in TV writers' rooms. They use uh, Final Draft, and it's great for you know writers. It's great for you know being on set. But in any event, um, what I what I what I did was I, I took a project that I had that I felt really, really good about and I entered it. And what happens is kind of, you know, it's one of those things where you already are who you are. And if somebody in the industry recognizes you, then other people say, Hmm, okay, this guy was recognized over here. It's almost like a vetting thing. Uh -huh. You know, it makes, you know, when you do some things, it makes the conversation a little more interesting. It's kind of all it does for the people who you haven't met yet. Right. You, know, so you got more, you got like accepted, like he's one of us. So he's a real filmmaker. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of strange <laughs> that, that you, you, you weren't the same, the, you, you, you weren't any different, but right. because some readers read your stuff or they saw your film or whatever. And they says, you know what, this is great. And then, you know, the people that are a little further along, they, oh, well, maybe we'll talk to him. And that's kind of uh -huh. how you look at Tyler Perry. He was doing plays. A lot of people didn't know he was doing plays for years. I mean, you know, we all knew. Yeah, we knew. The masses didn't know. And when he just got the financing, he didn't become a different person. He just got financing. He did. He says, you know what? I really believe people will come see my, my Medea character and they did and he went on to he, he create right. his own yeah his own world down there so I think a lot of you know just to, you know I, I went long-winded on the answer but it what what these things do you know a lot of these uh these contests and stuff is it, it's almost like a vetting process and that's the sum 
you know, some people they'll right. they'll go, you know what, this is a 19 year old who wrote a script and I like the way they pitched it to me. I'm gonna read it and give them a shot. It's right. it's just all on taste, really, you know? Yeah. Yeah, Larry. So yeah, glad for um so Larry, I was more trying to get the follow-up on the um big project that you and Nell were talking about. So that project <laughs> you is still hear in more the about that, huh? Yeah. So that project <laughs> yep. is still in the works, right? <clears throat> right. Well well, I'm I'm gonna give you everything that I can give you without giving anything too specific for yeah, you know, don't, you know, just share what you can. Yeah. So non-disclosure. <laughs> well, well, no, it's not that it's, <clears throat> as I mentioned to, um, to Carmen before, you don't want to say, well, because Warner brothers is not the company looking at it. You don't want to say Warner brothers yeah. has this and they're considering it because these studios do not want their, you know, competitors to go, we're going to do something similar gotcha. and beat them to the punch. Right. And then you're just dead. Your project is dead. And something that you worked your butt off to, right. to make happen because you mentioned it a little too early. See, it's a weird business out there. You ever see two hurricane movies? You ever see two heist movies where uh, a mother and a grandmother's robbing a bank? I'm just kind of making up the concept. You ever see two stolen car movies? We just had two Aretha Franklin movies. Two. One was a yep. series and then one was Respect. Right, okay. and and, yeah. and unfortunately, what happens is you get what's called dual development, you know, and you may have something really, really special, which you know, Carmen and Nell agreed. Man, this is really, and Nell really was like, man, how did you even come up with this particular person? I says, well, my grandfather, his relatives worked with this particular artist back in the day in New York, in Harlem. And he told me about the, you know, have you ever heard of such and such? You know, I was like, no. <laughs> and he told me all about this person. And I looked the person up, you know, years after my dad, my grandfather passed away. It was like, wow. And what happened is I, I, I reached out to her family and her son is like, you know, in the 70s, but he's still here. And he's a ve he's a very prominent person at the same time. So but in any any event, we went out. I met with Carmen. I met with Nell. We set out to originally raise like 15 million to do the, to do the project. Now Nell has some leads, but again, things take time. You know, people are not going to say, we're just going to get this guy 15 million tomorrow. Right. Gonna, you know, it, it takes time. People have other projects ahead of things. So um, eventually, you know, I'm writing other things and we're just kind of waiting around to see if we can get anything going. And uh, obviously, as we know, unfortunately, Nell passed away. Right. Um, I I got um, uh, after that. I connected with a producer friend, um, who's who's done some notable. You know, he's done some notable projects, and he said, "You know what, man? This is a very special. Pro everywhere I've went, Carmen and Nell said this. He 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 blessed me with this. He said, everywhere you go with this, people are gonna like it, and yeah. that's." So true. And rest in peace. I get emotional thinking about his words because it was very, very, very touching to me because that has happened. It's not been one place we've taken it. Not one. If people didn't go, oh, my God, you know, oh, my God. Well, obviously, he believed so, in you. He believed in your your work and your talent. Um, and uh, 
it's evident to this day. To yeah. this day. And, and uh, mainly he believed in the story. And, and, uh, and that's kind of, you know, a side of us as artists and creators, it's about the story. What is the story about? So what happened was I got with uh, a producer friend and he says, you know, um, I don't know how, how hard you've tried to take this into town and do something with it, but I, I'm telling you, man, I think I could probably knock on three or four doors before I get to the fourth or fifth door. Somebody's going to want it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I said, well, cool, man. I said, we were basically trying to raise the money to do it ourselves. We had, I can't say we had reached out to Alicia Keys to, um, I can say that now. I, I didn't want to go into that direction before. But <laughs> we, did, we did reach out to Alicia Keys. We talked to her agent and we were set to go with her um, because, you know, at the end of the day, it kind of made sense for what we were doing. And she's Alicia Keys, obviously, is an amazing talent. Um, but eventually COVID hit or mm -hmm. and it's obviously before COVID, we had already said, you know, hey, man, well, if this thing goes, Alicia Keys is going to be the person to do it. But I think a lot of things just changed. And, you know, actually, um, after COVID hit, it separated a lot of people from a lot of different projects. And yeah. Stuff like and just imagine how many things were how many things were interrupted or delayed or stopped from COVID. There's there's so many stories. That's a that's a movie right there <laughs> right, about right. all the things, the dreams that came crushing down, deferred, delayed, or whatever um, during COVID, you know? Right. So we reset. Um, the producer that came on board, we we signed a deal with him. So what happens is, and, and, and again, Carmen, I'm going to give you all the details, but just without names, that's all. <laughs> so every everything that we did prior to that was kind of a no-go because this is a new deal. This is a new team. So I signed the deal, the state signed the deal, you know, the state owns the rights with me and we re-signed with this producer. So what he did was he said, I'm going to go out. What I want to do first is I want to get talent. And I know you guys had somebody in mind before, but there was no deal in place. You know what I'm saying? There was no, um, we, we didn't make an offer because you don't want to, as an independent producer, especially make an offer until you got, um, the money to do the film, you know, it's, you know, we did have a, um, a promise and a handshake and interest and all of that, but, you know, we didn't make an offer. So again, he reset, he went out and, and, and he immediately attached an actress, uh, her agency, her, you know, her management, everybody came on board. Uh, and then they turned around and basically said, well, our reps are going to take it from here. So, uh, they took the project and now we're sitting at a huge uh, production company kind of waiting on them to look at everything to see if they want to go and make it. And, and it's really exciting. Um, and I hope to be able to be able to give um, Carmen 10 tickets and say, Hey, the premiere is going to be uh, in LA uh, at the Arclight <laughs> or something. Well, she's got and, nine left because I'm taking one. Of them <laughs> right. Right. We'll give you guys both. Get a well, whole we'll, we'll look forward to that in probably about another two year. Well, I don't, I don't see it doesn't work. It doesn't really work that. I mean, oh, okay. it took Ray Charles's son 10 years to get Ray on the screen. Well, hopefully, we'll, 
Hopefully we'll be still um, able to get on the plane. We won't be walking with any cane. Oh, no, 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 no. I mean, the thing is, the thing is, you're, most producers, writers, they're working on several, several projects. That one is just one of the ones that, you know, I brought forth. Um, but in in Hollywood, you, you it's always a hurry up and wait. You know, you, you can't, unless you're Tyler Perry, there's only a handful of people that can say, I'm going to do this project and I'm going to do it next year. or I'm going to do it in December. You know, that's Marvel, the studios and Tyler yeah. Perry is one of those people, but yeah. the rest of us, there's so, when you look at the end of a film, all of those names, you know, you have to get all of these people involved and get them. And first the thing has to be green light, meaning whoever's going to, <clears throat> excuse me, fund it. They have to say, yes, we're going right. to make your dream come true. We want to play with you. Yeah, We're going to make this happen. And it just kind of, you know, it's one of those things where, um, you know, you, you have to just wait it out and give the uh, film gods time to be film gods. You know, you have yeah. to let the process, you know, let the process, because too, the longer, a lot of times, you know, people take interest immediately. But even if you get a deal with a studio, sometimes it can take weeks and weeks and weeks just to even get the paperwork back, mm -hmm. you know? So I want to be able to say something about it when it's, you know, in the trades and everything. And it's, it's a go. And, and there's been projects that they get announced and then they still don't get go. <laughs> and yeah. exactly right. I, just, I, I noticed the uh, James Bond um, that was supposed to come out last year and it was launched and canceled and launched, yeah, relaunched yeah. so much, so many times. And I think it's, it's scheduled to come out this winter, but, um, but yeah, I could see how it, how it, you know, get, things can get pushed back. Um, where can we find out more about Larry Simmons and your projects uh, right now? Well, I'm, I'm on Instagram uh, at Larry, uh, it's Larry Solidarity. I'm on Twitter Larry Solidarity, the same thing. Um, I'm gonna put together uh, a site, um, you know, at some point, Larry LarrySolidarity.com. Uh -huh. But man, I've been so busy with the work. I've been so busy with the work. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, Larry. Like, well, we appreciate we, you. We're coming we up on had, a hard yeah, stop here. Yeah, we had to share the studio spot with somebody this morning, okay. and I think they're here. So we're going to end this, but we appreciate you giving us an update. Larry, we hate to let you go, but every good thing has to come to an end. We thank you for joining us today on The Come Up, where we help you take it to the top of your game. We are looking forward to hear from you next year, and hopefully you will have more information about this project that you're working on. Thanks again. Wrapping it up with something smooth and jazz. Bye, Yancey. Have a great day. Thank you.